0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans chapter 13 is what we're going to be looking at today. And Romans chapter 13 has a unique history in Christianity. And as I've talked about it with different people over the years, I've realized how differently people respond to this text and how easily a sermon on Romans chapter 13 could offend everyone. But as Pastor Tim says, Jesus is an equal opportunity offender. Republicans, Democrats, Green Party, Libertarians, independent voters, every other party, even probably some pescatarians could be offended by this Romans chapter 13 text, all right? But on the other side of it, this text also could be a great unifier of people, of all people, to view government in the right way, but also to unite us as God's people to operate on a higher plane from a heavenly perspective. A kingdom of God, as we just sang, mentality. And while it might not make sense, as I'm about to say it, Romans 13, as I was reading, it got me thinking about debt. Got me thinking about good debt and bad debt. Now, when you have debt, you owe something to someone or to some entity. And every one of us knows about debt. Most of us have some kind of debt, right? Uh, Good debt is usually described as debt that has the potential to increase your net worth or enhance life in an important way, right? So some examples of good debt would be like a mortgage to buy a house, right? Or a loan to pay for uh, education or a business loan for an entrepreneur to start a business, Bad debt, on the other hand, is borrowing money for something that depreciates or borrowing money for something that you merely consume, right? Like credit card debt to buy a whole bunch of toys that you don't need and you don't have money for. That is bad debt, right? Even some people argue that buying a car, uh, having a car loan is bad debt. I know there's debate on that. But overall, going into debt over something that doesn't increase your net worth or doesn't enhance your life is probably bad debt. I read somewhere recently that the United States of America uh, federal debt is $23.4 trillion or something, and I don't even know what that means, right? Um, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of debate on opinions whether that's good or bad, but I think in general, in our own individual lives, we know what good debt is and what bad debt is all about. And at its basic level, debt means you right, owe something to someone or to some entity. And debt can be seen in a way that's just greater than just money, right? Uh, Maybe it's something we can think about as we think about this 4th of July. A question about debt. Who do we owe what to? Whom do we owe what to? Americans, as we Americans, we celebrate independence today. And we consider and we think about our country, we think about our government. And the reality is the Bible talks about our relationship to the government, And so maybe we should think about that a bit on July 4th. And for the most part, 4th of July is filled with barbecues and parties and parades and fireworks and cupcakes with red, white, and blue sprinkles on it. Right, Charlotte? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that. And that's good. That's okay. We should do that. But it's also good for us to slow down a bit and to think about our country. First, to be thankful for it, for the freedoms we have here. Uh, To see what God says about us as citizens of a country. To ask God to bless the United States of America, but also to bless all countries of the world. And to think about how can God really bless the United States of America through us and actually through our debt. Romans 13 has something to say about it. Now if you study the book of Romans, all the way in the beginning, Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, The righteous are going to live by faith. And then you go up to Romans chapter 12 through 16 and it talks about that righteousness as it's lived out in relationship to the body of Christ, in relationships in love, and actually relationships to the government. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says we're supposed to uh, offer ourselves as living sacrifices. And so actually a right relationship with the government is part of that. It's talking about Christian conduct in relation to the to the government. Now, you got to remember that the Old Testament Jewish context in the intertestamental period, the period before the Old and New Testament, uh, was some people named the Seleucids, and they were rulers of Judea at the time. But overall, there was this sort of dislike of being under the overall authority of any government that wasn't called Israel, and all sorts of governments had come in to rule over Israel. In fact, so much so that there were zealots revolting in guerrilla warfare. Some of the Jews refused to pay taxes. And it's kind of in this context that St. Paul wrote Romans chapter 13. Verse 1, he says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So Paul is saying, hey, you can't be anarchy. You can't have guerrilla warfare. That's not the way to go. Government is actually, he's saying, one of the ways God works in the world to bring order. In verse 2, he says, consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. He's saying if you rebel, you got to be prepared for the consequences. Verse 3, he says, for rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? He says, then do what is right, and you will be commended. Government established by God to commend good and to punish bad. Verse 4 says, for the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Now, actually, previously in chapter 12, it says that vengeance is the Lord's. And actually, my friends, sometimes God avenges through government at times, through courts, through laws, through enforcing all of that. Verse 5, Paul says, therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. And when he says submit, he's saying you've got to align yourself into the hierarchy. And St. Paul's not saying the government's not at the top of the hierarchy. God is at the top of the hierarchy. He's at the pinnacle of it, but God does use government to create order. And he says because of that, it's a matter of conscience, not just to avoid punishment because it's the right thing to do. And our government and our conscience tells us that as the government upholds the good and punishes the bad, we walk and we come underneath that. All right. So in these first five verses, Paul is giving us the theory. And then in the next two verses, he says, I'm going to show you how this theory applies in your life to the Romans uh, 2,000 years ago. He says, this is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing He says, give to everyone what you owe them. That's debt. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If you owe revenue, then revenue. If you owe respect, then respect. If you owe honor, then honor. Paul is talking about debt here, right? He's talking about good debt. Owing something to someone or to some entity. He's talking about debt to government. Taxes, revenue, respect, and honor where it's due. Now, Jesus talked about this too. Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, Jesus said, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Give back to Caesar, that's a debt to government. Taxes, it means you don't cheat on your taxes. If it's respect and honor, that's toward our elected officials and our public servants, even if we disagree with them. It means as the citizens, we vote. As a Christian, we we vote out of our love for God and also God's love and our love for our neighbor. Now, that might manifest differently. But when we are in the voting booth, we should be voting from a place of love for God and love for our neighbor. Jesus continues, right? Matthew chapter 21 says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and and to God what is God's. There's a debt to God, right? The image of government leaders is on our money, right? If you got a $5 bill, you got the image of Lincoln on there, right? The $1 bill, got the, he has the image of Washington on there. We pay taxes with that money that bears the image of the leaders. But when we talk about the image of God, the image of God is not stamped on paper. The image of God is stamped on every human being. God's image is stamped on all of us. And so we give to God what is God's, what belongs to him in our lives. Now, out there in the audience, you might be like, Pastor all oh, that sounds all nice in paper and in theory, but what about when the government goes too far? When the government embraces evil and punishes good? Extreme example, right? Nazi Germany. Can we stand up to them? And I always like to use the analogy of the family right? Children are subject to their parents. God has placed them there. Parents provide order and care, upholding good, shielding evil. But parents aren't perfect, right? Parents fail. I fail all the time as a parent. But at what point does a parent or a guardian fail so much that they are no longer a parent, no longer a guardian? Now, as a pastor, I've been in the midst of situations where child and spousal abuse has occurred, verbal, physical, or sexual abuse. There comes a point where you cannot be a parent anymore, right? But it's a tricky line. It's a challenging. And so, too, it is with government. We are obligated to loyalty, but we are also obligated to God and his ways. So when it comes to government becoming an abusive leader, That's where we struggle, and the struggle begins. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Lutheran pastor, he stood up to Hitler. He tried to assassinate Hitler. That was a huge internal struggle for him. It was not easy. And ultimately, he was arrested and he was killed for that attempt. The Bible has examples as well. Peter and the apostles, they were commanded by the leadership, do not speak about jesus and what did they say they said we must obey god rather than men daniel he was praying to god alone shadrach Meshach, and abednego refused to worship the statue of nebuchadnezzar these are times when we obey god rather than human authorities von struggled with that we struggle with it at times and we're not able to figure it out all in a 15-minute sermon But I think we are given here a guiding principle, that we always go back to God and his word. We always preach, and we always pray, and we always worship God. That's love for God and God's love for us. We lift that above everything. Jesus Christ died for us that we might worship today and be in relationship with God and preach the freedom of the gospel to all people. We will always put that higher, and if anyone tells us we're not going to do it, we will still do it anyway, even if the government says that. Thank God we have in this country the ability to come together. We have the freedom to be gathered today and to worship. What a gift that is. But the Apostle Paul takes it to another level. Paul brings it back to love also not just for God, but for our neighbor. Paul takes a bigger view. and In fact, in many ways in America, we're always concerned about our own individual rights. Not necessarily liberty and justice for all. We're often liberty and justice for me. St. Paul begins to tell us today that that's not maybe the way to go. It's not just about me. It's just not about me also being a good citizen. It's not just seeking what's good for me, but to look to others. In fact, he talks about good debt. Maybe the best debt we could ever have. Romans 13 verse 8 says this. It says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Whoever loves others has fulfilled the law, the debt of love, love in action, sacrificial love, good debt, the best debt, better than a mortgage, better than a school loan, better than a business loan, better than the debt of taxes and respect and honor to government. This is the best of good debt. Because it increases the worth of every child of God. It enhances the life of the pinnacle of God's creation, humanity. Paul continues on. He says, I'm going to talk about this debt a little more. He says that the commandments, you should not commit adultery, you should not murder, you should not steal, you should not covet. Whatever the command there may be, he says, they are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, for the most part, all of us, we love ourselves, right? We don't let ourselves go hungry. We clothe ourselves. We quench our thirst. We find shelter. We don't let ourselves be cheated or injured. If someone's trying to ruin our marriage, we work against that. We love ourselves. Paul's saying that's how you should love others make sure they're fed, make sure they're clothed, make sure their thirst is quenched, make sure they're housed and educated and encouraged and honored and protected their marriage, their family, their possessions let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another My friends, that sort of love, it's not easy, it's not clean, it's messy, it's dirty, it's confusing at times, just as it was for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Peter and the apostles, Bonhoeffer. All were seeking God's ways for his glory and for their neighbor's benefit. My friends, that's what Jesus did. He glorified his father He walked that messy road to the cross because of his love for all our neighbors. Why? So he could give back to God what belongs to God, his image in you and in me and all God's children. So it's the 4th of July. And we ask ourselves, how shall God bless the United States of America? I think the answer is when his people, under the cross of Christ, take on good debt. Sure, give back to the government, taxes, honor, and respect. But more importantly, when we as Christians, we take it a step further we love our neighbors as ourselves, that includes our leaders, it includes our enemies, it includes our fellow citizens, it includes citizens of other countries. We do that on the street, we do it in the voting booth, we do it in our homes, we do it in our workplaces, we do it everywhere we go. We carry that debt with us, good debt, the continuing debt to love one another. And when we do that, we honor every citizen of our country and every human in the world the way God has honored us by giving us his son Jesus and paying the ultimate debt of our sins. Amen? Amen.